The following is a message from the pulpit of Parkside Baptist Church in Mesquite, Texas, led by Pastor Mike Wells. Well, I tell you, the music's been great this morning, hasn't it been? My, 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 makes you look forward to heaven. And what a blessing that is. Take your Bible, please, and go back and look at it again. We're going to read just the first segment of each verse. Genesis chapter 7 and verse 1. I'll reread it for reiteration's sake. The Bible says, And the Lord said unto Noah, and then in Genesis chapter 8 and verse 1, and God remembered Noah. Then it's Genesis chapter 9 and verse 1, and God blessed Noah. You know, over the years, I've been your pastor for almost 10 years. In 10 years, I preached about uh, preparing for storms. I have preached about uh, making it through the storms, but I don't think I've ever preached a message on the other side of the storm. And so I want to preach this morning about the other side of the storm. Now we have several uh, passages that we could draw from, no doubt, that speaks about the other side of the storm. But in using the law of first mention, I want to go to uh, that which is the story of Noah. Simply because uh, inside of this story, God is going to mention some things that's going to be copied uh, that you'll see through that which is the reaction of people that you'll find uh, further on in the Old Testament and going into uh, the New Testament. Here you'll see that God spoke to Noah. You'll see that God heard Noah and God that blessed Noah. And one thing we know for sure, uh, there's one thing that all storms have in common, and that is this, all storms uh, come to an end. All storms come to an end. No matter what storm you're facing in your life, there's always going to be an end. Uh, we see this, that there's always going to be an other side of the storm. So not only is the storm going to come to an end uh, that you might be in even right now, but we know this, not just is it going to come to an end, there's going to be another side, an other side of the storm. And we know storms, uh, you know, especially living here in the area in which we live. Uh, we're familiar with storms. Storms are bad. Storms are scary. Uh, storms sometimes destroy. Sometimes storms hurt. Sometimes storms cause that which is a traumatic amount of damage. Sometimes storms will ruin, and yes, sometimes storms even kill. But may I say uh, that we can be glad that storms are not forever. We can be glad this morning that storms always come to an end. We can be glad this morning that storms, though they may have an impact, it is a little impact compared to the rest of your life. We understand that uh, storms, though they have damage, all damage can be repaired. We understand that God always sends, uh, if you will please, uh, help not just in the midst of storms, but also after storms. Here you'll see that uh, uh, Noah, he was right with God before the storm. Noah was right with God during the storm. And you'll see that Noah was right with God after the storm. So what is it that Noah did, uh, understanding his God? Uh, what is it that uh, he did being obedient to his God? Notice this, statement number one, uh, uh, God did not forsake him before the storm. God did not forsake Noah before the storm. Now let's use our Bible 
Bible this morning, Genesis chapter 6 and verse 8. By the way, don't you love the story of Noah? Uh, you remember hearing it uh, coming up. You remember hearing it perhaps preschool. Remember hearing it uh, in elementary school. Remember hearing it in junior high. Remember hearing it in high school. Remember hearing it in college. Uh, remember hearing it before you got married, after you got married. Do you remember uh, teaching it to your own children? And now perhaps you even have grandchildren. And you teach it to the grandchildren. And by the way, uh, the story of Noah is recorded evidence of God's goodness. And God's goodness just like the story uh, that's written in our Bible about Noah doesn't change. God's goodness is always good. Now let's notice it together, and you'll be happy that you did. Watch it. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 8. The Bible says, uh, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The Bible says, and God said unto Noah, it says, the end of all flesh is come before me for the earth is filled with violence uh, through them and behold I will destroy them with the earth and so we understand at the time of this happening in history that that which is the earth was full of violence uh, there was much uh, uh, criminal type of uh, events that was taking place uh, there was uh, certainly many people that's being hurt many people that's being killed many people that's being uh, dismayed but the Bible says in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 18 the Bible says but with thee he says I will establish my covenant and thou shalt, the Bible says, come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. Look at uh, verse 22, same chapter. The Bible says, and did Noah, thus did Noah, according to all that God had commanded him. Now I want you to notice some things in these verses as we speak about God did not forsake him before the storm. Do we understand uh, that God did not forsake him in the building of the ark? We understand that. God did not forsake him in the building of the ark. Uh, God just didn't say, you go do it. Oh, God made sure the supply was there. God made sure the direction was there. You'll see that God uh, said to Noah, I love this. He didn't say, go into the ark. Now, you'll get a holy vibration up the back of your neck after I say this. He didn't say, go in into the ark. He said, come into the ark. Yeah, that means that Noah uh, uh, was there going into where God was. God was already there before the storm ever began. And God is already uh, wanting to work with you before your storm ever, ever begins. And so uh, God said to Noah, come into the ark. And uh, God uh, did not say to Noah, uh, go into the ark or, or you're on your own. Oh, no. Uh, God, even in the preparation, is letting Noah know that he's going to be with him every single step of the way. And can I tell you, because of that, you ought to be able to say God is good. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter if you will what you're about to go through. There's nothing that's ever going to hit you broadside that uh, God uh, cannot help you with every single step of the way. I said, number one, God did not forsake him before the storm. Statement number two, God did not fail him in the storm. 
or during the storm. God did not fail him during the storm. And so look at your Bible again. Genesis chapter 7 and verse 1. The Bible says, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou, I love that, come thou and all thy house into the ark. Uh, for uh, the Bible says, Thee and I have seen righteous before me in this generation. Watch it in verse 7. Same chapter, Genesis 7. The Bible says, And Noah went in and his sons and uh, his wife and his sons' wives with him into the ark because the waters of the flood. Look at verse 17. The Bible says in the flood, watch it, and the flood uh, was 40 days upon the earth and the waters increased and bare up the ark and it was lifted up, it says, above the earth. Look at verse 18. The Bible says and the waters prevailed and uh, were increased greatly upon the earth and the ark w uh, says went upon the face of the waters and so not upon the face of the soil, not upon the face of the ground, not upon the face of the earth the face of the waters because it was lifted up verse 19 the bible says and the waters prevailed exceedingly it says upon the earth and all the hills uh, that were under the whole earth were covered now uh, you may feel like that in the midst of your storm that you too are covered up but can i tell you the one that helps you the one that gives you the lifeboat the one that if you would please to rescue is already there with you in the storm i'm reminded in the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, entering into that burning, fiery furnace. And yet, the Bible says uh, uh, that uh, in the midst of them, as the king looked in, they didn't, he didn't see three, he saw four. And he testified that the fourth was likened unto the Son of God. Can I tell you, it doesn't matter what you're going through. Now, now, uh, all right, wait a minute, walk beside me if you will. And, and so uh, uh, you can have God walking beside you. And this is not God this is an illustration but uh, but you can have God walking beside you and you can ignore him the whole time you can have God trying to help you and you can ignore him the whole time you know some people are happy in their misery have you ever noticed somebody that uh, all of a sudden troubles come and trials come and problems come and they just want to abide in their misery over and over and just over again I think some people like attention. I think some people like misery. But you can recognize that God's with you. You don't have to rely on you. Oh, some people, they get all frantic when they have to go to the doctor, they have to go to the dentist, they have to go to this professional, and uh, they sit there, and they're sitting in the waiting room, and they're eating, uh, biting on their fingernails. And once they've done that, they ask the person sitting beside them, can I bite yours too? And, uh, and, and, and they get all nervous about stuff. You know, my Bible says he'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. Amen. My Bible says that his grace is sufficient for me. The problem is, even though God is real, and by the way, God is real. Even though God answers prayer, and by the way, God answers prayer. Even though uh, you have real trials and troubles in your life, the Bible says that God is there with you. God can help you. There's a big difference between a Christian that practices Christianity and a Christian that only says, I'm a Christian. There's a big difference between somebody that says, I can do all things through me which strengtheneth, and somebody that says, I can do all things through Christ 
that strengtheneth me. Thank you. Be seated. Here's what we see. We see that God did not fail him during uh, the storm. Now, by the way, your storm may be a big storm. It may be a small storm, but don't forget Jesus in the boat, even with the disciples, when he would rise up and he would look at the waters and he would look at the turbulent waves that was hitting the side of the boat, he would say, be still, and even the seas obeyed him. Uh, Jesus is with us. God is with us in the storm. Uh, I love this. The Bible says that before the, the, the boat went afloat, God said, and here's what I want you to do. He said, I want you to pitch it. I want you to pitch it in and out. Now, why? Why did God tell Noah to pitch it in and out? I'll tell you, because now it becomes waterproof. Uh, let me use another word, leak. It becomes leak-proof. Did you know that the boat was that which is an example of the salvation that we have in God? Can I tell you that your salvation is leak-proof? Can I tell you that you are pitched within and without because of the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? You say, well, I'm saved today. I don't know if I'll be saved tomorrow. Then you don't have the same salvation I have because the Bible says he that hath the Son have everlasting life. It's not based on the condition of your living. It's based on the condition of what he did on the finished work of the cross. And once you're saved, you are always saved. You like it, you don't like it. You're always saved. Now, wait a minute. Did you know when he said to that which is Noah, he said, I want you to pitch it in and without. It made the boat unsinkable if you would please it made the boat if you would please sealed tight there would be no leaking inside of the boat and you have a salvation that doesn't leak you have the precious promises of the Word of God that does not leak you have that which is the truth that does not leak you have a King James Bible that does not link uh, why because it's pissed within and without it's pissed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, you ever notice this that no did not die on the trip he did not die on the trip oh let me help you a little bit you say one day I'm going to die oh yeah you're going to die I'm going to die it's appointed unto man once to die and after that the judgment but my dear friend if you're saved uh, he gave you everlasting life and you will live forever see for the child of God when you die you simply step from this life to that which is heaven for the persons not saved when they die, they step from this life to the place of hell. Person says, well, I tell you what, I like to be saved. Well, you cannot save yourself. You cannot uh, get saved because of the keeping of the seven sacraments. You can't get saved because you keep ten of the uh, hundreds of the commandments that's found in the Old and the New Testament. The only way you can be saved is through Jesus Christ, and God is going to pitch you by the blood. You'll be sealed unto the day of redemption. I don't know why Christians are so sad. I really don't. I really don't. I just don't get it sometimes. Well, you know, life is just so miserable. I just don't think that I can make it through. But you know, if you're saved by the blood, it's just going to get better. It's not going to get worse. Well, I had a flat tire, and I just don't think I could... But if you're saved, you can rejoice that uh, even if you got ran over by something while changing the tire, you're going to be in heaven. Yeah, you know, but we walk around like, like God is dead. We walk around like God doesn't answer prayer. We walk around like we're not even saved. I think saved people ought to act like saved people. That's why I think church services ought not to be uh, that which is a picture of a funeral service. 
I've never thought that church services ought to be dead. I've never. You know, uh, the reason church services are dead is because there's dead people in the pews. But if the people would be alive in the pews, the church service would be a whole lot more lively. Now, I, you know, oh, 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 let me help you. I'm going to help you. Yeah, look, look, look. Let me just help. Let me just have fun. Let me just help you, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to count to three, and I, I want you fellas to say amen. You think you can do that? Think you can do that? Okay, I'm, I'm going to help you out a little bit, because, I mean, it, 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 uh, we need to do this. This will help you. All right, here, here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Amen. That didn't sound too bad. Uh, by the way, when you get to heaven, you'll be saying amen. You'll be saying hallelujah. <laughs> you'll be saying glory to God. My Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. He didn't say, say so when you get to heaven. You're supposed to be doing it right now. By the way, you ought to have church talk outside of talk because church talk ought to be Christian talk and Christian talk ought to be outside of church, just not in church where the Christians are. I mean, what would be wrong? You know, you've got, you've got, you've got November coming up. You have Black Friday. You're familiar with that, right? All you women are familiar with that. That's where you go and you buy everything that's 50% off and you buy twice as much so it didn't save any money anyway. And so you get ready to go uh, purchase something on Black Friday. Well, can I tell you? If you get a good deal, why can't you say, glory to God? Why can't you be by the cash register and say, amen, that's good? You know, why can't you say, Woo! <laughs> Hallelujah. That's good stuff. Oh, you say, preacher, you're acting like some charismatic. I want to tell you something. The Baptists were shouting 1,600 years before there ever was a charismatic. The charismatics are, 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 are those that arrive late and they don't even have it all right. We're still trying to help them. Now, can I tell you this? I'm saying that uh, God did not forsake him before the storm. Statement number two, God did not fail him, or if you would please, during uh, the storm. Statement number three, uh, God, uh, watch it now, did not forget him after the storm. Here, here's what our Bible says. Genesis chapter eight and verse one, the Bible says, and God remembered Noah. Aren't you glad God doesn't forget he doesn't forget you like your husband forgets the anniversary. God just remembers. He doesn't forget like sometimes us parents forget our kids' birthdays. He, he doesn't forget. He just remembers. He's got a good memory. The Bible says in God remembered Noah. The Bible says in, uh, in every living thing. It talks about the cattle and it talks about that wind coming through. Now what's taking place when the wind is coming through? What is God doing right now? Genesis chapter 8 and verse 2. The Bible says in the fountains also uh, of the deep and the windows of heaven were stopped and the rain uh, from heaven uh, was restrained. Look at verse 3. The Bible says in the waters returned uh, from off the earth continuing after it says the end of 150 days the water was abated now wait a minute uh, and so God said okay now wait a minute even though I helped you get prepared for that which is the storm I, I didn't forsake you during the storm I just want to remind you that I am there for you after the storm oh come on now here's what we do if we're not careful <sighs> went through a difficult time <sighs> I am glad I made it 
Well, why don't we rephrase that? I'm glad God helped me make it. So many times when we do something and, 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 and something, and it's a pride thing, but so many times we do, do things, well, I'm glad I was able to overcome that. I'm just so glad I was able, I was able, I. I'm so glad I was the one. I'm so glad that it was I that, uh, mm, uh, why don't you say, praise God, he's the one that Amen. held my hand as I prepared to go through the storm, he's the one held my hand while I was in the storm, and he's the one that did not let go of my hand uh, after the storm was over. We can praise him. Uh, somebody said this, if the Lord is your co-pilot, you need to change seats. Uh, think about this, God has not forsaken them. Now, what happened on the other side of the storm? Let me give you three things real quick and I'll quit. Uh, look at Genesis chapter 8 and verse 11. The Bible says the dove, says the dove came to him, the Bible says in the evening, and though her mouth was an olive tree, pluck, in her mouth was an olive tree uh, plucked off, the Bible says so Noah knew that the waters had abated from the earth. So um, what happened after, 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 after he'd gone through the storm, the dove shows up. The dove has always been symbolic of that which is the peace of God. So after you go through the storm there's a sweet peace that comes there's a sweet peace that comes you notice when Jesus was baptized the dove showed up mm, there's the sweet peace of obeying God matter of fact uh, God spoke uh, there to his son he said this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased okay so when somebody gets saved it well pleases God when they follow the Lord in scripture believers baptism that's why we talk to people here at our church when they get saved they we tell them the very next thing you need to do to obey God is to be baptized baptism does not come before salvation it doesn't come in the middle of salvation it comes after salvation it's a picture of what you uh, are standing for in your obedience to Christ you're saying I'm not ashamed of him I do love him and I'm being baptized to show people my belief in Jesus Christ buried the Bible talks about in the waters of baptism and raised to walk in newness of life now can I tell you uh, that is showing people that you love God you want to obey God and you're not ashamed of God and so that dove showed up when Jesus was there in the Jordan water and was baptized oh uh, that why because he got uh, that which is a fulfillment of righteousness as the Bible says in the book of Matthew Matthew, he fulfilled all righteousness. It was the right thing to do. And after the storm, it is the right thing for us to do to obey God. Somebody says, well, I tell you what, you've seen this, you've seen this, you've seen uh, what we call hospital religion, you've seen jail religion, and they, uh, they get saved, uh, or so they say they get saved, and then after they get out of church, they live like the devil. Or after, excuse me, it might be after church, I don't know. But after they get out of the hospital, after they get out of jail, they live like the devil. Okay? Uh, and uh, Now, can I tell you that a person that gets saved, they're always going to have a longing inside of them to be able to please him. We have what we call altar uh, calls at our church. And you'll see the very first thing that Noah did after he left the ark in Genesis chapter 8 and verse 20. The Bible says, And Noah builded an altar unto the Lord and took every clean beast and every 
clean fowl and offered, it says, a burnt offer, it says burnt offerings onto the altar. And so not only uh, after that, which is the storm, you ought to thank God for peace. You ought to thank God that God delivered. Now, now, by the way, by the way, by the way, Noah did not stay on the ark. Well, you know, God, you're with me during the storm. But he wasn't necessarily enjoying the storm. I don't know of too many people that enjoy storms. The other night we had a storm that passed over our house and crack, uh, 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 crack pop was all of a sudden that thunder that hit. I'm talking about it. It, it shook stuff in the house. I mean, it hit so hard. It was <laughs> uh, crack pop or pop or whatever, but it just hit and boy, things shimmered and the lights went out and then they came back on. Now, now, can I tell you, uh, sometimes storms, they do bring that frighteningness of it. But don't enjoy the fright. I, it, it blows my mind. People go over the, uh, to uh, 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 Six Flags over Texas, and uh, they're getting ready to get on a ride. I'm scared. I'm scared. I just don't know if I can do it. I'm just, I'm just so scared. I just, oh, oh, okay, all right, okay. And, and then they sit in, and, oh, please, make sure I'm buckled in. Oh, please, make sure I'm buckled in. You know, just, I don't want to slide out. I mean, this is a 300-pound guy. I don't want to slide out. And so uh, make sure I'm buckled in real, real tight, and it goes, poof. And it's done. And he gets off and he's dizzy. He says, oh, that was great. And he goes and he gets back. Well, you ought not be that way with storms. You ought to thank God that you make it through the storm. You ought to thank God that you're on the other side of the storm. And instead of going back and reliving it and reliving it and reliving it and reliving it and reliving it, you know, once you lick the popsicle dry, there's nothing left. You're just licking that which is just a piece of a wood. And don't go back and do that. You're going to hurt yourself. Now, here's what happened. On the other side of the storm, uh, first you'll see this, that there was the peace of God. The dove shows up. And secondly, you'll see this, that he built an altar. You know, Bible students, of course, they know the law of first mention. And so uh, when uh, those that know their Bible, and when something is mentioned the first time, you ought to pay close attention to it because it's going to be relative as to how it's going to be mentioned and what light God gives you at the first mention the rest of the way through the Bible. So here you'll see that the Holy Ghost uses the word altar. It was outside of the storm. Now, what's that mean? Well, I looked that word altar up, and this is talking about that it was a place uh, of uh, exalting God. It was a place of lifting up. It was a place that was elevated. In other words, sometimes people ought to come to the altar just to say this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm not going to hell. Thank you. Thank you that I'm saved. Thank you. Thank you for that soul winner that cared for me, that loved me enough to show me how to be saved. I'm just here at the altar that you have placed just to say thank you. So the altar was built, if you would please, as a place where uh, Noah and his family could come. They showed thanksgiving. Why? Because they made it through the storm. Uh, they, uh, it was a place where they showed that the, they were interested in finding God's will as they go on and another venture of serving God. It was a place of praising God. It was a place of sacrificing to God. And so Noah and his family attended the altar. I love it when I see it. I really do. And sometimes I get to see it, uh, even in our church, where families come together at the altar and pray. You say, well, that's old-time stuff. Yeah, back in the old-time days where families prayed together and Oftentimes you hear the motto back in the day, families that 
pray together, stay together. Used to be a time when uh, families would come and, and teenagers did not want to sit away from their families. They wanted to sit with their families. They enjoyed sitting with their families. You know, they just wanted to be with their families more than they wanted to be with their friends because of a closeness that they had with their families. Now, you don't see that much anymore. You see teenagers run together and children run together and college kids run together. And I'm not against that, but it might be good every time and again that you sit with your family just to say, I want to sit with you tonight, Dad, Mom, because I love you. I love you. I just want to see what it's like to sit with my family. Hadn't done it in a while, you know, and I just like to sit beside you just because I think it's a neat thing to do. There is some customs of the past that are still good today. Now watch this if you will. You'll see this. Uh, lastly, that he saw uh, the rainbow. He saw the rainbow. Here it is. Genesis chapter 9. Uh, last two verses I'll read. Genesis chapter 9, verse 14. The Bible says, and it shall come to pass. Uh, that when I bring a cloud over the earth, uh, that the bow shall be seen, listen to it now, in all the cloud. Now, don't get confused. I, I know there's a movement out there among those that believe in homosexuality and stuff like that, and they say the rainbow represents them. It does not. Uh, it represents a covenant that God made with, between him and that which is the people that would be on earth. That's what the rainbow is all about. Genesis chapter 9 and verse 15, the Bible says, and I will remember my covenant. So every time God looks at that rainbow, rainbow he remembers his covenant and by the way God's people that know the Bible they remember the covenant too the Bible says I will, I will remember my covenant which is between me and you and every lit it says and every creature of all flesh that the water shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh uh, I looked in the encyclopedia the encyclopedia gives a definition of a rainbow it says this a massive disturbance in the upper uh, 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 atmosphere. Uh, it talks about how that uh, after that massive disturbance uh, takes place, uh, if you would please, the storm comes, uh, uh, the prisons that hold that light that shines through, those molecules, you know, and God sends that light, God sends that sun, and those seven colors show up. Uh, uh, that is a picture, a wonderful picture of God's deliverance. What's that mean? Uh, that means that now you can have peace. Now you can have uh, uh, pals that have gone through it. Now you can have pleasure. Now you can have plenty. Why? Because you're on the other side. You're on the other side. Now, it may take a while, 150 days for them to come off the ark. You might be in um, your trial, your problem, whatever it might be, for maybe 150 days. That's almost half of a year. But Or it may be that just snap just like that, and it's over just like that thunder that hit uh, uh, that I heard. Okay. Now, can I tell you, I don't know how long, but I do know this. On the other side, there's some things you ought to have. You ought to have peace and tell people about it. You ought to have peace and tell people about it. Boy, looky here. God brought me through something that was going on in my life, and I'm just going to praise God. I'm just going to praise God. Uh, you know, those of you that are driving Dallas, tax, uh, to, uh, uh, Dallas uh, traffic, you ought, you ought to get home and just praise God. You made it home. Say, I, I was in it, and now I'm out of it. Boom! Praise God. And there's something about home, isn't it? I like home. I do. I like home. 
uh, the other night, uh, uh, these men that's sitting on this platform and many of you that was here uh, helped to clean up with the ladies' uh, banquet. And uh, we're in here, we're clean, uh, in the, uh, the ladies' conference, and, and uh, we cleaned up over there where they ate. And then we came in here and cleaned up, and we moved everything back and stuff like that. And because of so many people helping, it only took an hour and a half to clean it all up. It took about three to four days to decorate it. Uh, we can tear things up, I tell you. And so we got it all down. And so, but can I tell you, uh, I was glad to go home. I got tired of carrying chairs. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I got tired, of, and, and by the time I got home, I was ready. Amen. Amen. I walked in the house, mm, and I was home. I went immediately to my bedroom, and uh, I uh, took everything, got in a shower, nice warm shower. Woo! Uh, uh, you know, uh, put, put a pair of uh, windbreakers on, and a, what's he, I wear around the house sometimes, and a, and a, and a shirt, and mm, have, my little, uh, have my little toes just dingling in the air, just loving life. Hello. Nothing like home. Now, can I say this? Can I say that when God delivers you to the other side, you ought to be thankful that you're home. You ought to be thankful that everything is all right. I'll say this and I'll close. My, my, my mother was the first one to die in my immediate family, and she died when she was 40, or 54, and my daddy followed uh, years later. He died when he's 57. Now, I've said this before. I'll say it again. My mother was uh, peculiar in a good way, but peculiar. She, she had a certain spot. She called it her sweet spot. Uh, but it was her sweet spot. And I'd go to kiss her on the cheek, and she said, no, kiss me on my sweet spot. I said, okay. She'd bow her head like that, and she'd want me to kiss her right there. That was her sweet spot. H Hello. You know, when I get to heaven, I'll be home with her, and uh, I guarantee it, guarantee it, she'll be the first one at the gate. I guarantee you, uh, you know, she'll be the first one to greet me, and she's going she's gonna to run up to me, and she says, Mike, welcome home, because she did that often. She did. She, she, I'm not going to kiss you on your sweet spot, thank you. <laughs> but, but she... <laughs> I'm, oh, no, no, no. Uh, I'm not that tight for sure. And, and so, but, uh, and so but, but mom would uh, shake my hand, and then she would say this more often than not. She said, Mike, I'm so glad you're home. She said, now give me a kiss on my sweet spot. She said, did you always like it? No, because these women put like, they, they cover their face with stuff. I don't know what all of that, I think it's called foundation, because you're going to build upon it, I guess that's why. And, and so, but, but she had foundation, sometimes she'd have foundation up here, you know, and, and I'm telling you, you know, how I go to kiss her and that stuff would get on my lips. I'm talking about nasty now and now. You know what I'm talking about if you've ever done that. Ooh. You know, and I walk away. But Mama was just so happy. Oh, she's just so happy. And she said, oh, thank you so much. And I'd make her day. I'd make her day. You said, why are you saying that? Because uh, there was times when my Mama just needed some extra loving. And I was glad to give it when it was needed to help her to see you're on the other side. And it's going to be a wonderful day for you and I as Christians when we reach the other side. 
but rejoice when you reach the other side down here when you're able to get victory in your life about certain things rejoice in it tell others about it too father help us i pray thank you for today god i thank you for joining us today for more audio or video content you can visit our website at parksidebaptist.org